Morning, everyone. Let's talk about heaven. We can only imagine what it will be like. But what comes to your mind when you think about heaven? Is it fluffy white clouds? People in white robes who've sprouted wings and are playing harps all day? And do you think you'll get there by being a good person, whatever your definition of good actually is? Or like the majority of people, are you thinking, yes, if it's real, I want to go to heaven, but not just yet. Because you like this life too much. Or does that reveal a kind of earthly, materialistic view that this life is probably all that there is? Or maybe you just like the certainty, the reality of this life, and you fear the unknown. A fear of death that kind of drives human behavior. So we're going to look at four things about heaven. Because the Bible tells us a lot about heaven. And I'm just going to be scratching the surface. So this is just kind of a, a little overview, a little insight from my perspective of what I see the Bible tells us about heaven. So we're going to look at, you know, what will it be like? What will our bodies be like? Will we recognize each other in heaven? And what will we do there? You see, heaven is an actual place for real people. Jesus said it, therefore it must be. And it will be amazing. It won't be boring. We'll have fit bodies. Yeah? We will know things that now we don't. And we will see God. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And Colossians 3, um, verse 1-4 says this, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12 it says, For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You see, deep inside of us, we long for this place that we've never been. We're kind of pre-wired that way. There's this little hole inside that makes us wonder, is this life all that there really is? And as we get older, more and more, we realize that there has to be more than this. Pastor Greg Laurie, who I love, right, he talks about this bird called the Manx Shearwater, and it nests on the coast of Wales. And scientists took a number of them, tagged them, and then released them at different points around the world. And they released them to see if they would find their way home. In just 12 days, all the birds found their way home. 
One of them flew back from Boston, USA, flying 250 miles per day from a place it had never been before. That's a homing instinct. And we have that homing instinct in us. Because earth is not our home. Our real home is in heaven. And heaven is the dwelling place of God. And you see, to the Christian, heaven should be more than a destination, but more a motivation. The Bible says heaven is a place. It's described as a garden. It's described as a city. It's described as paradise. And it's described as these things, not just like these things. It's described as these things. It's not an imitation of earth. Earth is a copy, albeit a broken one, an imitation of heaven. Hebrews 11.10 says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Hebrews 13 and verse 14 says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. You see, we are citizens of heaven. And this life, this earth, is temporary. 1 Chronicles 29 says, We are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone soon without a trace. You see, we are spiritual beings. The heart and soul, the conscience, the intangible things that make you, you, and me, me, are just housed temporarily in this mortal body. You know, I, I can't go to the doctors and get them to take out a sample and, and take me out. He can't take out my thoughts. He can't take out the love in me. He can't take out my conscience. Because it's intangible. It's that spirit, the soul, that makes us individual. Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 to 4, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. C.S. Lewis said, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. So, now that we've established, and there's a lot more, if you want to look into the Bible and you know, study what God says about heaven, there is a lot more to be told and seen about it. But what will our bodies be like? Well, the blueprint for our glorified bodies is the body we now have. Oh, shucks. <laughs> but, but Job said, in my flesh I will see God. 1 Corinthians 15, 43 and 44 says, Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Still a little bit of a muscle leg yet. Um, they are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. So we're going to have a body, Right? And, and it, this is kind of the blueprint, but it's going to be so much better. We'll come on to that. 
So I don't know about you, but our bodies disappoint us. You know, when I was younger, Margaret will tell you, Arnold Schwarzenegger was my hero. I met him. I wanted to be like him. I've still got pictures of Arnold when he was in his 20s on the wall in my gym at home. And I have absolutely no chance of looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was in his 20s. And I was disappointed because my body, the bone structure I've got, just wouldn't achieve what I wanted it to achieve. So I'm disappointed. But our heavenly bodies will be similar, but radically improved. No signs of aging. Oh, it's amazing. No signs of aging. Or for all the older ones here, don't worry. It's going to be young, fit, tell you, unbelievable. And there'll be no sinful tendencies. Yeah? Praise God. Because we're all racked and held back by sinful tendencies. So in fact, we're going to have bodies like the resurrected Jesus. And when he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, in 1 John it says, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, and we will see him as he really is. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For now we know, sorry, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that's when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. We will live in these earthly... Now, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. And that's true as you get older. Uh, but it's... Yeah, I'm hearing a few amens. There's a few older people in here today. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm got, it's my birthday on Wednesday, right? And my birthday present is a guided injection into my right hip. Yeah? Now, who would have thought, right, years ago, for my birthday, I'd be looking forward to getting an injection into my hip? Yeah? That's what happens as you get older. <clears throat> While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. You see, so not only are we going to have this new, super, everlasting, fit body, but we're going to have a dwelling place to live in too. Do you long for heaven? Do you long for your new body? You know, life goes by so quickly. You know, when you're young, school days seem to last forever, right? The term at school seemed to last forever. But as you get older, the days, the months, the years, they just fly by. Talk about becoming an old person. You know you're getting old when the first topic of conversation is your latest medication. You know you're getting old when your friends call you at 9 p.m. 
And the first question is, did I wake you? <laughs> you know you're getting old when you only wear slip-on shoes with no tie-up laces. <laughs> right? Velcro becomes your friend. You know you're getting old when your mind makes promises that your body cannot keep. You know you're getting old when the idea of a night out is sitting on the patio. You know you're getting old when you and your teeth don't sleep together. And you know you're getting old when it takes twice as long to look half as good. See, we can all empathize with that. See, for the, for the young ones, like young Ben here, he doesn't quite get that yet. But he's still growing, he's still maturing, and life's that long-distance journey in the future, right? But for those of us who've been through that journey, we now recognize all the signs. So then the next question is, will we recognize each other in heaven? And the short answer is, yes, we will. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. And that, I and that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. We will know fully, even as we are fully known. No more mysteries. You know, why would we think that we'll know less in heaven than we do now? I'm still me, you're still you, but perfected, glorified, changed. The same, but different. We'll still love our family and friends, but now without the flaws and weaknesses that so infect our relationships here on earth. You know, I upset my wife the other day um, by saying something, and it really upset her. And it was only when she explained to me why she was upset that I realized that what I'd said was so upsetting. You know, us men, we tend not to think too quickly about emotional things like that. Um, and it was a kind of a wake-up call, but it's just, it's a, it's a result of the sort of sinfulness, the inbuilt selfishness. Right? That so infects us in our relationships here on earth. We do wrong things, we say wrong things, and we might instantly regret them. But we've still done it, and we've still said it, and it's hard to take it back. When Jesus appeared to his disciples, he said, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. See, in other words, Jesus was saying to his friends, Look, guys, it's me. It's the same. It's not a different Jesus. I've just got my glorified body now. That's why they didn't, at first, recognize him. When he pointed that out, they knew him. They recognized him. It'll be the same for us. You know, when I get to heaven, if I go first and Margaret comes, she's going to see me in my glorified body, and she's going to say, wow. <laughs> Boy, if I realized all of that, I'd have made sure you got here quicker. Anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> So, and then the next thing is, you know, what will we do in heaven? Well, we'll all be worshipping God in his presence, and we'll all have great voices. You know, sometimes, that's going to be amazing, isn't it? You know, 
when you're standing next to someone who sings flat, and you think, oh, please stop singing. Yeah, yeah, none of that. We'll all have amazing voices. And you know, sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. We get critical. You know, we don't like the songs, or we don't like the style of music. It was too loud, or it was too quiet, or our problems get in the way. Thinking about what's going on at work, you know, this issue that we've got. I need to, I'm going to need to sort that tomorrow. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. That gets in the way of worshipping God. But you see, worship is about Him. It's not about us. And maybe we will worship unhindered because all of our problems in heaven, all of our sorrows, all of our conflicts, and all of our questions are gone. They've all been answered. So we won't have those distractions. We can focus on the God who loves us. And we'll be busy doing our Father's work. We will be serving Him. Yes, there'll be rest, but there'll also be productivity. In Revelation 7 and 15, it says, That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Again, confirmation. You'll have a nice house to go back to. Stumbly better than this, because there are different levels of reward in heaven, which is dependent on how you've lived your life here, right? That's not about salvation. It's about how you've lived your life here, what rewards you will get in heaven. So it might be that, you know, poor lay preachers like me get a little shack in the corner, yeah? But the real workers out on the streets who preach the gospel every day, they'll have a big mansion. But, you know, the worst in heaven is going to be glorious. Nobody is going to be disappointed. Nobody's going to be saying, oh, you know, there'll be no jealousy. There'll be no envy. There'll be no greed. Look what he's got. Why haven't, why haven't I got that? None of that. That's all gone. And you see, maybe things that we couldn't get done here, we get to do and complete in heaven. How often do we see a young, promising life cut short through accident or disease? And we think, what a waste. That person could have done so much in this life. Think of what they could have become. But who's to say that their, their dreams cannot be fulfilled on the other side? You know, when you're a Christian, you have the eternal perspective. Whether you're here for nine years or 90 years, it's but a snap of the fingers in terms of eternity. It's not a great length of time. There's an opportunity. Sometimes we see evil people who live long and seemingly prosper, and yet the good die young. And we think how unfair that is. But for the believer in Jesus, death is not the end of life, but a continuation of it in another place. We don't know when it will end, but we do have opportunity in between. Billy Graham said words to the effect that when his death is announced, don't believe it. I've just changed the dress. You will live forever. Earth is just a stopover on our journey from creation to eternity. And we'll also be eating in heaven. Revelation 19.9 says, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added these words. These are true words of God. Matthew 8.11 says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So there is feasting in the kingdom of heaven. And we'll be eating 
with our loved ones. We'll be eating with heroes of the Bible. Imagine it, having dinner with Moses, and you can ask him, pass the manna. Or you can talk to Jonah over a fish supper. Or maybe sit with Noah and ask him about the construction of the ark and how he managed to gather all the animals in. The list will go on. Just make up your own dinner invitation list. Think about it in heaven. I mean, I can't wait to meet Caleb. Caleb is an amazing, tough guy. And when he was 85, he was strong as Arnold Schwarzenegger was. When he was 20, he was still capable of fighting and taking on the enemy. Amazing. I can't wait to meet Caleb. But of course, dining with loved ones. For me, yes, I can't wait to dine with my mom and dad again. But I can't wait to meet my older brother, Jeff. He died before I was born, so I never met him. He's waiting for me in heaven. Imagine sitting there with my mom and dad and, and my brother, my older brother who I've never met, discussing the future that we have together in eternity. It's going to be amazing. Margaret will be there. Her mom and dad will be there. We know because her dad was baptized down here before he died. 65 years old, he wasn't a Christian. 65 years old, he was diagnosed with cancer. 65 years old, he gave his life to Christ. 65 years old, he, gave, he was baptized downstairs. And he said, I wish I'd known this earlier. Why did you wait till I was 65 to tell me? Yeah, when he was 66, he died. And he went to heaven. But the assurance that Margaret has is that her dad is there in heaven. And he's waiting. He's waiting around the dinner table. Um, but you know, the main event of heaven will be Jesus. Dale Moody wrote, It is not the jeweled walls and the pearly gates that are going to make heaven attractive. It's being with God. And this is really what we long for. No matter how glorious the new heaven will be, the attraction is actually being with the Lord. We'll be able to ask Him anything. It's going to be our home, and it's going to be epic. You see, heaven, as Pastor Greg Laurie says, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up now. But I want to ask you, are you ready? Whether you're here watching now live, whether you're downstairs watching, whether you're watching online, or listening to a podcast later, the question is, are you ready? In this world, if you've got enough money, you can buy a ticket to travel almost anywhere. Well, you can't afford the price of a ticket to heaven. It's priceless. But the good news is, Jesus bought your ticket to heaven for you and offers it as a free gift. You see, it's called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. Jesus came from heaven, gave his life by dying on a cross because he loved us so much that he was willing to take the punishment for our sins. And make no mistake, we are all sinners. No one bore Jesus who's ever walked this earth is not a sinner. But he was able to take the punishment for our sins. And then probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 
So here's how you can be sure of your destination point. Heaven. And there is an alternative to heaven, right? I've already said you, you live eternally. You know, the thing which makes you, you, is never going to die. It's going to go to one of two places. And the other place is for another sermon. We're talking about heaven. How can you be sure that your destination point is heaven? You can say, Lord, I accept that gift. I turn from my sin and I put my faith in you. Have you done that? You don't know when your life will end. You don't know when it will terminate. Some of us will live long lives, but some of us will not. We need to be ready to go. We, you, you, we cannot put it off. And I want you, everyone listening to this, to be 100% certain. And if you're not 100% certain, this is your time. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you um, to say this prayer after me. If you've never said this before, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if, you don't, if you're not 100% certain of your destination, then today, right now, can be the day when that changes. You can get the free, the free ticket to heaven. So if everyone can just, just close your eyes, um, oh no, you want to read this, don't you? <laughs> uh, I mean, you just listen to me if you want, and you can pray it silently. But it's on the screen. Let's just say this together. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments and gone my own way. I have fallen short of your glory. But today... I turn from my sin and put my faith in you. I want to go to heaven when I die and I want to serve you with my life on earth. I commit myself to you in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Now, if you've never done that before, if that's the first time you've ever prayed that prayer and you meant it, it's easy to say the words. We can all just repeat words. But if it, meant, if it meant something in your heart, right, then don't leave today without sharing that fact with someone, with me or whoever you came with, um, that you have given your life to Christ. And that is when you receive the Holy Spirit, and that is when you are guaranteed of your place in heaven with Him and your loved ones. Amen.